Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. No, no, you have not made contact with your leader. You have not. Mark Levin is out today. You can tell by... The voice, no one can replicate the fine voice of our leader, Mark Levin. It's Dan Bongino. Oh, yeah. It's DB. He's back. It's been a little bit. What's it been, Rich? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. It's been maybe six months. But I'm happy to be back on the airwaves. I love Mark. Love his audience. Got Richie V, producer Rich in there. We got the whole posse in here today. And I got a stack show for you. Now, as I say often, when I first started doing radio and filling stuff, some guy told me he was like a radio guy. He said, listen, never tell the audience what you're going to talk about because you may not get to it. I don't care. I hate radio rules. So I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about, whether we get to it or not. I want to open up today talking about How do I phrase this up in a bullet point? How liberals generally suck, and they're not happy unless your life sucks too. Rich, is that sum it up? You think that's a cute little bullet? Thank you. Liberals suck, but they're not happy unless your life sucks too. Liberalism is one big, enormous pocket of misery. And they're not happy unless everybody around their pocket of misery is equally stuck in the pocket of misery too. So we're going to get to that. This we will definitely get to, too. I want to get to the Mueller thing because there are some very serious questions. They ask Bob A. Oh, Bob. Bob A. Oh, Bob Mueller's such a great guy. No, listen. Thank you to your service to the nation, Bob Mueller. I mean that. Outside of that, you did an awful job in your witch hunt. And there are some really serious questions to ask Bob. So I want to get to that, too, and I want to get to the immigration stuff. But we'll see how far we go because I can get lost in topics because I love them so much. All right, let's start out. Liberals, they live to make you miserable. This is what they do. Liberalism is synonymous with misery, with rage, with being triggered all the time, with anger. I I wasn't even going to open the show with this, but I was driving back. I said to uh, Mr. Producer Rich, it was 5 o'clock, 5 p.m., an hour before the show. We connect. We do our thing. Hey, buddy, how you doing? The connection? Good, great. My daughter comes running, and she goes, hey, Dad, I got to work. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, of course, I have to drive my daughter to work. I just get back in time. But I'm in the car. I'm listening to the five. And the topic comes up. Uh, you know, I had it on, like, serious. And the topic comes up about uh, the, the soccer thing. The lady, what, Rapino, Rapino, what is it, Rapino or Rap? I don't know. So we have this U.S. Olympic team player, Megan Rapino or Rapino. What I don't know where. Either way, I'm not trying to like mess with her name purposely. I really don't. I don't follow women's soccer. Maybe I should. I don't. 
Rapino, I think so. Mr. Producer, we're taking a vote. Mr. Producer says Rapino, so we're going to go with Rapino. So Mrs. Rap- Miss Rapino here is on the team and has decided, she puts out this little, like, right in the middle of the U.S. World Cup, by the way, she puts out this uh, statement that gets caught on video where she says, and obviously due to FCC rules, I can't repeat the whole thing, she says, I'm not going to the White House. It rhymes with, I better not even say what it rhymes with. You get the point. We'll keep it a family-friendly show. But the word starts with F and ends in a G. Why would you say that? One, nobody cares. You play for the U.S. Olympic team, and nobody cares. when you're. It's not about you. It's not about you. Why do liberals always think that the world, the epicenter of the entire globe, is their home? Nobody cares. I only talk about it, not because I care about uh, Megan Rapino, Rapino. I don't care. Because Megan Rapino thinks you care about her. And this is epidemic of the entire liberal attitude where liberals, it's not... It's bad enough that Megan Rapinoe is miserable in her own life. She hates the country. She doesn't like, she's protesting. She doesn't even know what she's protesting. She's worried. She's playing for the U.S. Olympic team. She won't even acknowledge the flag. You're not playing for a private team. You're playing for the United States. You're protesting what? Income inequality? What? Uh, you're, you're, you're protesting your, your privilege or something? You play for the U.S. Olympic team. You're going to get a multi-million dollar sponsorship deal when you win. But liberals bathe in misery. And Rapinoe is not happy unless you're miserable too. She needs you to be miserable. So right as the Olympic, the U.S., excuse me, World Cup team, to be precise, the, the, the women's World Cup team is play, and playing well, by the way, basically annihilating all their opponents. They had one squeaker, but I saw that they were an opening game. There was a, they won like 13 nothing. Where'd that come from? I swear, like a pen cap just dropped from the sky. That is, did you hear that, Rich? That is really weird. That just came from nowhere. She's not happy unless she puts out a statement in the middle of the tournament, making sure you're all miserable with her. I'm not going to the White House. Great. Nobody wants you there. Who cares? Why do you have to ruin it for everybody else? The answer is clear because liberals need you to be miserable. Now, enough on that because I can ran on that all day. I don't really have a lot more to add on that other than this is so stupid. They have to constantly, it's like a magnetism of, 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 of liberalism and, and misery. They, it's like a liberal misery magnet. Suck them in. Suck them in. Get them in the misery magnet. Not only that, for our headline for this segment, how liberals like to make you miserable and aren't happy unless you're miserable with them. What is going on with this Wayfair protest? Now, for those of you who may have missed it, have no fear. I will fill you in. Wayfair is, they sell like furniture and things like that. Bedding and, I guess, couches. You get the point. Wayfair has a headquarters in Massachusetts. So liberals, the same liberals, by the way, who were complaining about the deplorable conditions in some of these immigration facilities, allegedly complain because they only complain when they think they can hurt Trump. That, that's a whole other story I'll get to in a minute. 
But there were some conditions that were pretty awful in some of these facilities. There were some children that had to sleep on floors. Now, listen, they came into the country illegally. They were put in these facilities. These facilities are not designed to hold families, in this case, it's children. Um, I'm not impugning the motives of anybody in the government here. They've been dealt uh, an unworkable hand. But that doesn't mean it's not a real problem. It clearly is. The problem's very real. You don't want you know, kids sleeping on a bunch of concrete floors, whatever it may be. So the Trump administration tries to fix the problem and does what? They decide they're going to go out and do the right thing and get some beds in these facilities for these kids who don't have to sleep on a concrete floor. What does the left do? Because they bathe in the misery magnet. They love misery. They need you miserable. There is like an infectious, miserable prion or virus that infects the whole population, anyone near the left. They want to make these, these protesters who work at Wayfair in this facility start tweeting out that they're going to walk out if Wayfair actually sells the government through some nonprofit these beds for the kids to sleep in. Process what I just told you for a minute. I Listen, I'm sorry to the conservatives listening, but I've got to ask you to dump about 30 IQ points to understand this. Retreat back to your Neanderthal days for a moment. Drop about 30, 40 IQ points because to understand liberalism, you think I'm a little PO'd at Libs tonight? Best a little bit. You've got to drop 30, 40 IQ points to understand the massive stupidity of the left. They're attacking Trump for a problem that's been going on since the Obama administration. The infiltration of our southern border by people who choose to not come here legally, therefore have to be detained, coming here in numbers we can't possibly handle because of incentives set up by liberals, by the way, a problem that's been going on since Obama was in office. Trump tries to fix some of this problem by getting some of these facilities outfitted in a more appropriate way to house kids. And when Trump tries to fix the problem by getting beds for the kids to sleep in, the liberals protest the buying of the beds. I, I know you're scratching your head right now and going, this can't possibly have happened this way because this would be so stupid it's unfathomable. Listen to me. It did. That's the way this went down. The liberal misery magnet is an infectious virus. Get away from any of these people you're at. It may be contagious. There is, what do I call it, TDS. Level six, that's the highest level of TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. There's no higher than level six. It's been documented on my show. That is the top level, level six. Level six infections are everywhere. They are outside of the hot zone. They have broken out into your communities. We need to get kids beds. Yes, we do. You are absolutely correct. Okay, let's go buy them beds. Let's not buy them beds. Let's not buy them. Let's protest the beds. Keep those kids on the floor. Keep them on the floor. This is the the modern liberal. We have to clean up their mess all the time. You got these kids sleeping on a concrete floor, and liberals like it. They want them there. They don't even want this company to sell them beds so they can sleep in an actual bed. They don't want beds. They don't want immigration judges. They don't want a border wall. They don't want new facilities. They don't want to fix Flores. They don't want to fix asylum. What they want is misery. What they want is misery. They love misery. They worship misery. 
Bernie, AOC, Biden, the whole crew, Kamala Harris, they love misery. Rapino, they want you miserable. Can we enjoy soccer? Hell no, you can't enjoy soccer. I'm going to protest the national anthem in front of a national audience. Crap all over our flag. Nice job. Good. You even ruined the World Cup. The suckiness of liberalism is so unfathomably large, it's hard to process through this radio mic. Yeah, I'm salty today. I can't stand these people anymore. You can't fix anything. Can we play a soccer game without you crapping on the flag? No, no, we can't do that. Can Trump invite you to the White House? Listen, I worked in the White House. I got a picture with Obama when I left when I was a Secret Service agent. They said, go into the White House. You get your family photo. He was the president. I had no problem with it. I didn't go in there and say to the guy, hey, Mr. President, you really suck. You go there, you shake the hand, you fight your political fights like normal civilized people. That's not what they are. They're not civilized. They want kids on concrete floors because they want to win a political argument. That's not civilized. We want them on the floor. There's Bernie Williams, uh, Bernie Sanders. Put the kids on the floor. We will not solve this problem under Donald Trump. This guy's terrible. All of these people. AOC, all of them, totally destructive forces. They don't want to solve squat, zero. They love misery. All right. I'd say I feel a little bit better now, but I don't. That was a cathartic moment. and so It took me from a 10 to a 9, but I'm still furious about this. You got kids sleeping on concrete floors. We can't even sell beds to people without these lunatics having a Twitter meltdown. How do you look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a liberal and I'm proud? Don't be. Really, don't be. I mean it. You have nothing to be proud of. Sorry. All right, if you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. That's 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino. InfoMark. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Imprimus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Imprimus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit Imprimus.Hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Gino in for the great one. Mark Levin, by the way, have you checked out his book? Listen to this. Listen. Hold on. Put this a bit of the mic. Do you hear that at all? 
That is my copy of Mark's book. You may not hear it because all the pages are dog-eared, a lot of them. It is called Unfreedom of the Press. It is the finest book on media bias you will ever read. You cannot be an informed conservative in this movement and be able to talk informatively about the damage, the press. Listen, I love the free press. So does Mark. But they're free to be stupid. And this is an encyclopedia of the stupid. It's called Unfreedom of the Press. Chapter 6 alone about the New York Times is worth the price of admission. If you haven't read Mark's book, you are not informed about what's going on. I'm sorry. It is a, the best compilation of the just stupidity of the media over the decades you will ever read. Unfreedom of the Press by Mark Levin. Pick it up today. It's been number one like forever now, but let's keep it number one. Go to Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. Mark Levin's Unfreedom of the Press. Please pick it up. It is worth your time. My personal favorite again, chapter six on the New York Times. All right, but that is my copy. There it is, smack in my hand. So before the break, I was talking about how liberals, they live to make you miserable. We want to fix this immigration crisis at the border. There are kids sleeping on concrete floors. Clearly a problem. The Trump administration wants to fix it, wants to get these facilities, excuse me, up to snuff, wants to get these kids in, in facilities where we can build out the properties, we can build a wall, we can stop the incentives for coming here, we can get kids in beds rather than floors, and liberals are an interest. They're not interested. They want to protest the purchase of beds for kids. Folks, this is really happening. We are now living through peak stupid with level six infected TDS infected individuals out there who hate the president so much that they would prefer children sleep on concrete floors. I'm not kidding. Google this story of. Go search. I don't even want to use Google anymore. Go to the interweb. Search this story yourself and read it. If you have any doubt, what I'm telling you is true. They want to see kids on these. And why is this? This is an important point. Rich, you'll hear this again if you listen to my show. I covered it. You will hear it again. I'm sorry to you, but some of you may have heard this already. But this is important. There's a reason why. Remember, <laughs> you remember uh, Tombstone? Yeah, listen, it was campy. It was like one of the greatest. I love that movie, Tombstone. It requires no thinking whatsoever. It was like the campy version of the Wyatt Earp story. Yeah, Wyatt Earp, you had the famous Val Kilmer, Doc Holliday. Remember Doc Holliday's character in it? And at one point, yeah, it's not revenge. He's after. It's a reckoning. This is what they want, liberals. They don't want to fix a problem. They're like the dumb Doc Holiday. They're not the cool Doc Holiday. They're the dumb Doc Holiday. It's a reckoning for them. They want a reckoning of the books. They want a re- they want to make sure you suffer for your historical grievance, your historical your 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 injustice of electing is the better way to say it of electing Donald Trump. They want to punish you. They are the dumb Doc Holiday. That's what this liberal class that wants kids on concrete floors, that's what they are. They're the, they're the dopey Doc Holliday. They're not the cool, I'm your huckleberry. They're not that Doc Holliday. They're the dopey Doc Holliday. It's a reckoning. That's what they want. They want to punish you for voting for Trump, but they're not punishing you. They're punishing these kids because they won't even let this company buy these kids beds to sleep in because it may be perceived as some sort of Trump victory. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The insanity of this garbage. All right. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. You want to give us a call? 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. 
but the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth. They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Yes, we're back. Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Taking a little break, the great one. Like I told you before in the last segment, make sure you pick up his new book, Unfreedom of the Press. Totally, completely worth your time. One of the best books I've ever read about the horrible media. Like I said, I'm, I'm a huge First Amendment advocate. Their free press is great. Love it. They're also free to be dumb. Unfortunately, they take us up on the offer just about every time. So... Back to my uh, opening where I was talking about how liberals, they just can't stand you. They live in this misery magnet and they have to make sure that they, 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 they it's a black hole of misery that they suck everybody else into their miserable where every they're not happy unless misery is contagious. It's not good enough that they're miserable. They need to make you miserable by taking your money. They have to. We have this lady with the U.S. Olympic, uh, not the Olympic, the soccer team. She's got it. You know, it's just I'm not singing a national. I'm not going to the White House. Good. Beat it. Who cares nobody cares the whole world doesn't have to be miserable with you don't go to the white house i don't care nobody else does either don't go you have hard-working women on that team who actually care about the country who maybe want to go to the white house you have this thing with the immigration beds and they, now they want kids sleeping on floors liberals on concrete floors but why i read this article it was by uh, David Harsani in the New York Post. It was really good. It was definitely worth your time. The article, the gist of it is, is it, folks, follow me on this one. Don't go anywhere. This is worth your time. He covers this recent research study. Oh, no, you hear research study, you want to back off. Stay with me. This research study where they studied attitudes liberals have about conservatives and that conservatives have about liberals. And they came to this conclusion. The researchers, by the way, are not, Right-wing folks. These are, if anything, either left-wingers or, or moderates. They came to the conclusion that the left has a really difficult time understanding us. Now, some of you may be saying, oh, Bongino, great, thanks, we already knew that. No, 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 that's not the point. It gets better. It gets delicious. Hold on. We already know liberals don't understand us ever. We already know they think we're awful people and they just can't stand us. What's fascinating, and I mean fascinating about this research study, 
is that the effect is more profound as liberals get more, not less, educated. Think about what I just told you. Let that sink in for a second. Let it by airwave radio frequency osmosis sink into your cerebral cortex. As liberals advance in their education, go from high school to college to graduate to postgraduate work, liberals become more misinformed about who we are as conservatives. Wait, that doesn't seem to make sense. No, no, it makes perfect sense if you understand what's at the heart and essence of modern liberalism. Let me sum this up for you in one little golden nugget of truth. Take with you everywhere. Conservatives get liberals. We think they're people with bad ideas. Their ideas on taxes are awful. They hurt economic growth. Their ideas on immigration are awful because you simply can't have open borders and a a welfare state. It doesn't work. The economics of it don't work. It's just a fact. School choice works because parents know what's better for their kids. This isn't. Nothing confusing about this. We think liberals who oppose this, though, have really bad ideas. And that's why conservatives are really good at debating because we're obsessed with facts and data. Well, what happened when we cut taxes before? Well, we can look at that. The Reagan years, what happened to tax revenue in the Bush years, what's happening now in the Trump administration. We can look at the effects of school choice and we debate with these liberals, but we debate with them on a even keel moral ground. In other words, we assume, not about, sometimes, you know, we can go after it a little bit if they say dumb stuff, but you assume when you're talking to someone that their, you know, their motives may be fine, but they just don't know what they're talking about. That is not what they do to us. Liberals think you are bad people with ideas. You get it? This distinction, don't ever forget this, and it'll all make sense. We think they are people with bad ideas. Liberals think we are bad people with ideas, which means what? The ideas don't matter. We're bad people, and we must be defeated. We must be hurt. We must be spit on like Eric Trump was spit on last night in Chicago. We must have pieces written about us. I covered a piece in Legal Insurrection earlier today uh, about this professor from SUNY Old Westbury or this writer, whatever, whoever it is, who wrote that he's not going to be happy until he sees white people begging for food. What? what? Well, are you sick? Are you okay in the head? This is the liberal mindset. They think you are bad people with ideas. Therefore, the ideas don't matter because bad people must be stopped. Their words become violence. Wait, I thought those were words. No, it's violence because it came from a conservative. It's what? That doesn't even make sense. It does to the liberal because they think you're bad people. Now, what does this have to do with the fact you would think as they get more educated and liberals go from high school to college, to postgraduate and graduate work, that they would become more informed and understand that our policies are based on a love of liberty, big R, God-given rights, respect for the dignity of every human being, freedom of religion. You would think they would get that. They don't. As liberals get more educated, they get dumber about who we are. Matter of fact, the study indicates, this is unbelievable, that... A postgraduate liberal with a postgraduate degree of education is three times more likely to be misinformed about who conservatives are than a, a Democrat or a liberal with a high school education. 
Now, you may be saying, I don't get it. How come as they get more educated, they think we're worse and worse and worse and they're totally misinformed about us? It makes perfect sense. When you are a, a liberal with a postgraduate degree, you, or as you go up in the education rankings, most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, that educational degree of attainment is corresponds to a higher level of income and a more elite, I'm using the dreaded air quotes here because it's not elite to me, but it is to them, social circle. In other words, you can hang around with the rich and connected people. So as these liberals get wealthier and wealthier, their social circle shrinks to these other liberals with these degrees who all are convinced that us conservatives and libertarians that we don't believe in liberty, they're convinced we're just really awful people. So they become entirely misinformed about who we are and what we represent. Meanwhile, think about it. In Again, I don't want to make broad brush stereotypes like liberals do, do to us. I'm speaking, though, in just in generalities. In general, a high school diploma, you are going to be in a different set of job opportunities than ones that require a college degree or a postgraduate. I mean, that's obvious. There's nothing that's tautological to say. If you're an MD, it requires a medical degree. I have nothing but respect, by the way, and I'm, this is not one of these like virtue signaling things. I mean it because I come from a, a union and labor household. People who go to high school and become electricians and plumbers, like in my family, God bless you. I'll take, as I saw in that movie, uh, what is it, uh, Seven Days in Entebbe, uh, what, there are 50 revolutionaries is only worth one plumber. That is the best slide ever. You're darn right. I'll take one plumber over 50 liberal revolutionaries any day of the week. God bless you. But when you're in, when you have a high school degree, you're probably in a social circle where you can't self-isolate. You're going to work maybe in, in a building. You're building a building. You're maybe putting the electric lines in. You're dealing with people who are conservatives, who are liberals, who are, who knows, communists, who are, uh, you know, libertarians. I don't know. But you don't because of the, that, you're, you're exposed to other people's ideas. But as you get richer and richer, these liberals self-segregate into these smaller and smaller social circles where they all feed back in a stupid loop. It's a loop of stupidity. It's a feedback loop of stupid where they all tell each other, conservatives suck. No, they really suck. No, they're really awful. What did you do to hurt conservatives today? I spit on one of the rest of them. That's great. Wonderful. What did you do? I walked out in protest of them buying beds for migrant children who don't have them. That's great. What a great job. And they all reinforce each other in this feedback loop of stupid. This study makes perfect sense if you have ever been subjected to this. I did. When I ran for office, I used to go do interviews in D.C. And I'm not going to say what network, but it was chock full of liberals because it, it's been <laughs> rich. That's like every network but Fox. So that narrows it down to every network on the planet but Fox. But I used to do interviews there. And I'll never forget, they sit there and they all talk about stuff as if it's their ideas about how awful we are as if it's fact. I remember sitting there on Pennsylvania Avenue and I was doing interviews about the, the Secret Service's protection of the, of, of the route. And the, the cameraman and all these people are talking at this network and they're talking about something that just happened with it was a, a firearm incident. And they're all talking about awful, you know, conservatives and these Second Amendment supporters, how we just don't get it. And we're never addressing any of the facts and data. The fact that gun ownership in America is up dramatically and crime rates are down. Gun crime rates are down too. The data doesn't matter to them because you are bad people to them with ideas. The ideas don't matter. It's that you are bad people. Your motives are horrible. They don't like you. 
This is the genesis of the liberals' desire for you to be miserable all the time. They are the dumb doc holiday. It's a reckoning. They want a reckoning. They want you to feel it. They want you to hurt. They need public shows of disdain for the United States. Let me go to the uh, World Cup games and let me make sure everybody knows by me not uh, acknowledging our national anthem. Let me make sure in a public show for my own good, everybody knows how much I can't stand this country. Megan Rapino, let me put let me get it on tape. I'm not going to the blank and White House. Let me make sure I say that in the middle of the event to make it about me, to make sure everybody else is miserable about the soccer game, too. Liberals with the bed situation. We're not buying beds for kids in migrant facilities. We're going to protest Wayfair. Yeah, but the kids won't have beds. I don't care. What do we, who cares? Liberals don't care. They need the kids to suffer. Everybody has to suffer. Everybody suffers. Because we're not going to give the ideas don't matter. The idea that we can actually fix the problem by getting kids beds, which is the same thing to do, has never occurred to the modern liberal because they hate you. They can't stand you. You doubt any of this? Go on to Rich. When did you join Twitter? Producer Rich. Okay, Mr. Producer Rich joined three months ago. I tweeted out his account, said, follow this cat. He's got like 10,000 plus followers now. What's your handle? I, I, I know, but just tell me because I want to put... At Rich Cementa. Follow Rich. He's been on Twitter for... I can tell because I see Rich's tweets a lot because I follow him back. I think Rich sometimes is genuinely floored at the, the cesspool of hatred that Twitter is. It is. Isn't it? Am I, Rich, I'm not crazy, right? It is a black hole of venomous hatred and stupidity. You may say, well, why are you on it? Because Rich and I are in this business. You have to be on it. You have to get your shows out there, your content. You want to make sure. Right. It's a fight. You got to get in the fight. You can't just walk away because the battle feels ugly. Now, if I wasn't in this business, I tell you, hands down, no question about it. There is not a chance in Hades I would be on there. It is full of the most vile liberals. They hate you. I'm not even kidding. Last night, I, I know I had to think, but just give me a second because this is important. Last night, I'm laying in bed. I, I, I've just finished its appearance on Hannity. It, the Mueller thing breaks. I promise I'll get to that too. Don't go anywhere. I got some important stuff on that. But I just want to chill out, you know, at night. It's, I just want to take a breather. So I put on usually mindless television. It's like a reality show that requires no thinking at all at night so I can just kind of chill. And my phone's going crazy. Liberals are filleting me on Twitter for getting fired from a job I don't even work at. I'm not Folks, I'm not making this up. I don't even work there. I have not worked there in six months. I left. And liberals are celebrating. Dan Bongino got fired. From NRA TV, I did. I'm looking at my wife. We're laughing hysterically. Like, this is crazy. I've got fired again from a job I was never fired from the first. It's amazing. They want to see you hurt. They need you in pain all the time because you are bad people. They will put kids on concrete floors. They will put out a statement in the middle of the World Cup. I'm not going to the blank and White House because they want you miserable too. Everybody has to be miserable. Remember liking the circle of life. This is the circle of misery. They're holding up like, you remember he, he, the Lion King holds up the little Lion King kid? What is it, Simba? I don't know. I don't remember. Right? This is them. It's the circle of misery. They're not happy unless you're miserable. Look at these people. 
You got this Democrat debate tonight, which will become a litany of why of reasons why people can't stand America. Bernie, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, all of them. I don't. Well, they may be on tomorrow, but Elizabeth Warren, who's ever on tonight, it doesn't matter. The, here's the genesis of all their argument. They don't like you. They don't like the country. They are TDS level six infected, Trump derangement syndrome infected folks, and they will do anything to tell you how much they hate the country. And they're gonna they're gonna fix the problem. Ugh, gosh, it's frustrating. Been fired. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like the third time I've been fired from this job. They love misery. They love it. All right. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. If you want to give us a call, I will get to your calls. I'm going to get this Mueller stuff. It's really important. 877 381 3811. 877 381 3811. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Every human being has a common Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At levinforhillsdale.com. That's L E V I N for Hillsdale.com. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. I promised you I would take some of your calls. If you'd like to call in, 877-381-3811. I'm going to do my best in the future to get a call in in the first hour. Let's go to Jimmy. Jimmy in Brooklyn, New York. My brother's name is Jimmy. I love Jimmy. That's a great name. Jimmy, what do you got for us, buddy? The socialist and communist movement, their goal is to get control of the means of production and to control society and control the government worldwide. They decided that in order to win this war, the Marxists decided to get control of the means of education, the means of information, and the means of communication. Through those controls, they'll win elections and hence win the war. Now, we Jimmy, can have- that is not true. Socialists are like Denmark, okay? This is clearly about, Jimmy, government programs and doing good things. You don't know what you're talking about, Jimmy. Of course, Jimmy, I'm messing with you. You're absolutely right. Socialism is, by definition, the government control of the means of production. And the problem with governing, governing, you know, governments controlling the means of production is there's a knowledge problem, right? As every famous economist in, in human history has ever pointed out who's nailed the issue, the government doesn't have the expertise to to run a business. If they did, they'd be in business and not in government. That's the issue with these people. They're, they can't get past that knowledge problem ever. If they were smart enough to be in business, they'd be in business. They wouldn't be in government. Yeah, Bernie Sanders has failed at every single thing he's done, except being a politician and spending other people's money. 
this guy is a gold medal winner at spending other people's dough. When it comes to building his own business and things like that, however, Bernie Sanders is in a far different place. These people are total, complete frauds and hypocrites. It's embarrassing. Did I pretty much sum that up for you? Yeah, you did a great job, and your impersonation is right on. Listen, <laughs> when you see the liberals and left-wing, their economic policy and what they're pushing for, that will collapse our economic system. But that's their goal. You that, can't have yes. world socialism until America is collapsed, and they're all united on that. Yes, Jimmy. Amen, brother. That's what they, they, these people can't stand freedom and liberty and big R God-given rights. They can't stand it. It's disturbing. All right, I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for Mark. (laughs) Had a great first hour. Recap a bit. I was talking about how liberals just generally live in this vacuum universe of misery, that they're not content unless you're miserable, too. Whether it's Rapino for the U.S. soccer team at the World Cup wants to make sure I'm not going to the White House. Whether it's, you know, the, the this controversy over beds for children. That's not a controversy at all. Only the liberals. They don't want these kids to have beds, these immigration facilities. They just seem to enjoy misery. I hope you caught that because it was an important segment. I went into at the end as well. This study about how as liberals get more educated, they know less and less about you. And I'm telling you, it's because they self-isolate in these social circles and they stay away from conservatives because they think we're bad people. They just can't stand you. But I want to move on because this is an important topic. We had last night when I was on the air, I was doing an appearance on Sean Hannity's show. I was supposed to debate Geraldo over immigration. I always love those debates. Those are always... <laughs> those are always uh, yeah, the DEFCON level goes up right away when it's an immigration debate with Geraldo. Uh, but they changed the topic last minute because it was breaking news that Bob Mueller, it appears now, is going to testify on July 17th. I've been getting a ton of questions all day about why why are the Democrats doing this? What are their motives? Uh, Mueller's already said he's not going to testify to anything outside of the four corners of the report. I want to address two things. Number one, why I think Nadler's doing it. And it may not be a satisfying answer to you. But number two, and this is important. I want to address how this is going to blow up spectacularly in the Democrats' face. On topic number one, why is Jerry Nadler, the far-left radical uh, Democrat chairperson of the committee that wants Mueller there, why is he doing this? Because Nadler is possibly the worst politician in American history. He knows nothing. He has mishandled so completely this case from day one that nothing he does can be evaluated through the context or the lens of a sane, rational person. You you, you think I'm making this up? Nadler thinks it's a good idea to bring John Dean from the Nixon White House up there to testify. Because what does he want to do? He wants to make this whole thing. Show You can fill in the beginning of that, the prefix, adjective there. He wants to make it look like an impeachment proceeding, even though it's not, because the American public has no appetite for the impeachment of a president they elected, Donald Trump. The Democrats would be destroyed uh, at the election booth. 
But Nadler needs an impeachment proceeding. So he's been engaged in this endless charade against Trump. And at every single opportunity, he has made a strategically awful move that has made him and the Democrats look like complete imbeciles. So he brings John Dean up there from the Nixon White House to give it the feel of the of uh, of uh, the Nixon era. There was, of course, he resigned. He wasn't impeached Nixon, but to give it that feel that there was an impeachment looming. Well, what happens? John Dean, who has made a career out of accusing every single Republican president, literally made a career, he makes money off it, of being worse than Nixon. John Dean goes up there, makes a complete jerk of himself. Uh, he can't answer a question about anything about the case because he has no subject matter expertise on the case, and it clearly comes off like a stunt. Who, or- who orchestrated that? Hapless Jerry Nadler, who cannot remove his head from his rectum because he's just that dumb. So he follows it up with a subpoena for Hope Hicks, who doesn't even work in the White House anymore. Hope Hicks was Donald Trump's communications director. And during that ridiculous, absurd hearing, there, d- Democrats want to take pictures with her, number, which is just creepy. Creepy. Not only want to take pictures with her, Nadler keeps referring to Hope Hicks, who is a professional, accomplished woman, as... Not Miss Hicks, but as Miss Lewandowski. Miss Lewandowski. You may say, well, where's that come from? I don't know, folks. Apparently, Nadler is a rumor mill guy and just likes to, he engages in these misogynistic comments to foster rumors about Hope Hicks and what relationship she may or may not have had. Well, Nadler cannot have come off more terrible than he did at that hearing, even though he had already screwed up at the John Dean hearing. Nadler is an idiot. He is not bright. Please do not review any of the actions of Jerry Nadler and Shifty Adam Schiff through the lens of an intelligent person. I know it's hard. You're like, well, how do I do that? I'm a smart guy. You are. You're listening to this show. Smart men, smart women, listen to the Mark Levin Show. I'm asking you again to dumb yourself down and remove 30 IQ points for a moment and try to view this through the lens of an idiot. Then you'll figure out why Nadler's doing this. Because Nadler thinks this is a huge political win because strategically he's a political dope. This is blown up in his face from day one. But he needs to keep it going. That's number one. Why is he doing it? Very simply, because he's an idiot. But there's a second takeaway from this. It's going to be a little bit more important. and It's going to be a little more layered and detailed. When Mueller gets up there, this is going to blow up in absolutely spectacular fashion on them. How? Folks, Mueller has not been put under the spotlight at all. The Mueller probe was a disaster. As I've repeatedly said, thank you for your service to the country, Mr. Mueller. You did an awful, embarrassing, terrible job in your grotesque witch hunt, you and that hack Andy Weissman against the president of the United States. There are a litany of questions that under oath, Bob Mueller absolutely needs to be asked. Let's go through those questions, shall we? Question number one. Bob Mueller was hired to investigate Russian collusion in our electoral process. Was he not? Listen to the libs listening, because I know you listen to Mark's show. You're always welcome to call in 877-381-3811. We haven't had a lib caller yet, they, uh, which is fine, but you're welcome to call in. I, I, we will put you on the air. 
You're welcome to call in and challenge anything I say here. You won't because you don't know what you're talking about, but I'd love to see you try. So for the libs out there, that is the stated reason for Bob Mueller's appointment, correct? Is Again, is anything I'm saying inaccurate? I know libs, I get it. You don't like us. You hate us. You hate Trump. But try to think rationally for a moment. Put that anger aside. Try. I know it's difficult. Bob Mueller was hired as a special counsel because allegedly there was interference in our election. That interference needed a special independent mind to think it through and investigate it. Mueller was hired. The initial scope memo clearly lays out he's supposed to investigate the Russians trying to interfere in our election. Very simple. Not complicated. Maybe for libs. But why didn't Bob Mueller investigate the fact that Christopher Steele, who was Hillary Clinton's team's source for information that they later passed on to the FBI to spy on Donald Trump, why did the Mueller team never investigate the fact that Steele told the State Department, told them, ladies and gentlemen, there's a note from the State Department official that took the notes while interviewing Steele. Why didn't why didn't they investigate the fact that Steele told the United States State Department before the FISA warrant was issued that his sources were two Russian disinformation specialists? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that one's going to sting a little bit, Libs. Deny anything I just said. I dare you to call in and challenge what I'm saying. You want to investigate Russian collusion fairy tales by Donald Trump. Completely exonerated. Donald Trump, 100% exonerated. Exonerated by a legal system on all charges. That drives liberals crazy, and I love it. I love that. That drives you nuts. I love it. Exonerated. How does that sound? Exonerated. 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 You'd love it? I love it. I know that drives you crazy. I tweet that like 10 times a day when I can because it drives you nuts. Mm. Chew on that. It drives you crazy facts and things like that. He was excited. But if heaven that report that if they would have cleared him of a crime. Yeah, imbeciles. That's not how the justice system works. Go get a law degree. Go become a cop for 10 minutes. The standard of justice in America is not not guilty, you dopes. He wasn't exonerated. Did they charge him? No, they didn't charge him. Then he's exonerated. Exonerated exonerated chew on that i'm gonna have the exonerated fairy like the tooth fairy visit your house tonight and drop a copy of the Mueller report underneath your pillow Mueller was hired to investigate russian collusion and the real russian collusion is already on file it is the democrat source christopher Steele, working with hillary's team in the fbi to get information from two russians who are enormous disinformation specialists one's name is vladislav Tsurkov, the other's name is vlakish uh, vlakishlav or something trebnikov Trubnikov and Surkov are two of Putin's right-hand guys. They were sources for Christopher Steele. Look at the State Department's own memos on their interview with Steele. They were actual Russian Putin-connected people. Chew on that. Where's the Mueller investigation of that? I thought we were investigating collusion. No, no, we're not investigating Hillary's collusion. Why? That's because it's real? 
Is that why we're not investigating Hillary's team's collusion and the FBI using Steele as a source who already told them he was dealing with Russian disinformation specialists? Ladies and gentlemen, one of Steele's sources, the Russian Surkov, actually wrote a piece, actually wrote a piece. It's covered in Newsweek talking about how Russians get, quote, into our brains and they screw with our election system over here. Oh, but another little tidbit about Surkov, their source. He was involved with a Russian technology project that was accused by our intelligence community of stealing military secrets. Oh, who supported that technology process? Hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think this through. Oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton supported that technology project. Sound like collusion to you? Does it sound like collusion to you that Bill Clinton took $500,000 from a Russian bank connected to the Uranium One deal while his wife was Secretary of State? Sounds like collusion to me, folks. Bob going to answer those questions? Bob A, you got an answer for that, Bob? You listening, Bob? Are you someone in a car with Bob Mueller? Turn the radio up and ask him, hey, Bob, did you know about Surkov? Did you know about Trebnikov? Did you know about the Skolkovo project? Do you know about Bill Clinton's $500,000 fee from a Russian bank connected to Uranium One? Did you know Hillary Clinton's team paid Steele, who already claimed he was dealing with Putin-connected Russians to get information? Bob, where is that in the report, Bob? Did we miss that? I thought you were investigating collusion. I know we have good members of Congress up there. Gates, Jordan, Meadows, Devin Nunes, and others, who I know are going to ask Bob that question. Love to get an answer from Bob on that. All right, folks, you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. And liberals, you're welcome to call and challenge anything. Get ready for utter humiliation on the air, though, because I'm telling you, facts are on our side, not yours. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. Back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino throwing it for Mark. I was just drinking some of this green tea thing and the whole thing, the string and everything fell into. It's not like any toxic materials in that string or anything. Rich, if you don't hear me and I pass out on the down 911 immediately, get to my house. You know where I live. I'm pretty sure this string is free of contaminants, though. I don't know what else is in there. <laughs> He's like six, seven hours old right now. Folks, have you picked up a copy of Mark Levin's latest book? If you have it, you are making a big mistake. It is called Unfreedom of the Press, and you simply cannot... 
talk about this issue in an informed manner without this, what is essentially an encyclopedia of media malfeasance. Check this book out. I love it. Read it cover to cover. As I said before, chapter six about the New York Slimes is my favorite. It is called Unfreedom of the Press by Mark Levin. It is the most popular book in America right now. Listen, I've written books. It is tough to make the New York Times bestseller list. To be number one for as long as Mark Levin's book has been. What does that tell you? That the book kicks butt. That's what it tells you. Go pick it up. Unfreedom of the Press, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. Unfreedom of the Press by Mark Levin. It is worth your time. Okay. Getting back to business here. We're talking about the Mueller probe and questions that should be asked of Bob Mueller now that we know he's going to testify on July 17th. And it is going to blow up in craptacular fashion in the Democrats. They think this is going to be some big boon to them. This is great. This is terrific. We got Mueller up there. We keep this going. Oh, I promise you, this is going to be a train wreck for them of historic proportions. So I had mentioned to you that question number one should be you were investigating Russian collusion. Bob, why did you not investigate Christopher Steele colluding with two Russian disinformation specialists who were right-hand men for Vladimir Putin. Why didn't you do that? Oh, well, we didn't know. How did you not know? We all know about it. The State Department took notes about it. Trubnikov and Surkov's names were there. You didn't know that? You're an investigator, right, Bob? You had, like, what, $30 million? What, 20 FBI agents, 500-plus search warrants? You couldn't figure this out? You and Weissman? You pit bull? Pit bull. He's like a poodle. Weissman, this Weissman's another complete train wreck. Don't give him a pass either. That's question number one. Why didn't you investigate the real collusion, which is real, by the way, amongst Hillary Clinton's paid hatchet man, Christopher Steele, and the Russians he already told us about? Why? Because they didn't want the answers. That's why. Here's question number two. I hope someone up on the hill and the staff is taking notes because we got to get these answers. Question number two, your pit bull, Andy Weissman, discredited hack, the worst lawyer in America, Andrew Weissman, who has been on the receiving end of criticism on almost every significant case he's ever worked because he's an awful human being. And people I know who've met Weissman told me not just is he a crap lawyer, he's just a generally awful human being in general, Andrew Weissman as well. Weissman, who's writing a book, by the way, when did Andy Weissman tell you what he already knew about the information contained in the dossier? Wait, 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 wait. Time out. What do you mean, Dan? I got to take a break, but I'm going to get it. This is a fascinating little wrinkle that I'll bet you old Bobby M doesn't have an answer for. Andrew Weissman, who's his lieutenant in this witch hunt investigation, finds out in August of 2016 that the dossier is a political document paid for by the Clinton team. In other words, it's oppo research. It's not legitimate intelligence. Well, what's the problem with that? Ladies and gentlemen, when is Bob Mueller hired? May of 2017 for liberals who have a tough time with math. That is almost a year later. Weissman is known for a year. The dossier is garbage and Mueller continues to investigate it. It's a scam. All right. More of this on the other side of the break. If you want to give us a call, 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino. In for Mark. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. 
scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Okay, there is a bloodthirsty vampire-like mosquito in my studio here, Rich. I'm not kidding. I'm not being, it's, I live in Florida. My studio's in Florida. And, I, of course, in Florida, you have to wear shorts everywhere because it's, you know, 93 degrees on Christmas. I love it. Greatest state in the union. Conservatives, move down here, please. We love the place. It's awesome. It is. It's the greatest place on earth. But they do have venomous mosquitoes. This thing, I'm, Paula, you got it. My wife's outside the door. There is a mosquito in here. It must have bit me like seven times. How does this thing's stomach have the capacity to even fill up with that volume of my blood? I'm I'm not even kidding. Like this. Oh, my gosh. Find this thing. Someone, please. It's like a vampire mosquito. All right, enough about my issues, but they are many. They are legion. (laughs) Getting back to the topic at hand. (laughs) Questions for Bob Mueller. So what what did I address before the break? Bob Mueller is going to testify July 17th. I told you about the real Russian collusion he has to be asked about, which is Hillary's team, which is on the record. There is no doubt now that they colluded with the Russians. None. Mueller's just avoiding it. Secondly, when exactly did your buddy, your lieutenant, Andy Weissman, discredited hack attorney, when did he tell you what he knew about the dossier? Basically, that it was a political document and not legitimate intelligence. When did he tell you? Well, why does that matter? Because Weissman knew before he was hired. When did he tell Mueller they were investigating the biggest hoax in American history? When did he say that? I want to get to some of your calls, too, in this hour. 877-381-3811. Cue up uh, Moses, by the way, guys. Not yet, but just tell him he's ready to roll. I like this. I like what I'm seeing there. No, I like what you put in parentheses there. Nice. Appeal to my ego. Perfect. We'll get to Moses in a second. I want to get to this first one. When, question number three for Bob Mueller, when did you find out collusion was a hoax? I want an answer on the record. When did you find out collusion was a hoax? The best way, the best way I've heard this summed up, hat tip congressman from California, Devin Nunes, who's been terrific on this. Nunes was on Maria Bartiromo's weekend show on Fox. This was a while ago, maybe, I don't know, three, four months ago. I'm not really sure. Forgive me. 
And he said this line that was great about this. He said at some point when Bob Mueller was hired in May of 2017, keep the date straight because this will make a bunch of sense. At some point when he was hired, he had access clearly to the FBI's entire file on their investigation into Donald Trump and his team, which had been going on, ladies and gentlemen, since October of 2016. The FBI had dedicated its, its, its capabilities, its full powers to investigating the Trump team. So it's clear at this point that they must have a file, you know, phone books thick on the information they've accumulated. I'm not saying it's information that's in any way indicative of any guilt of it. I'm just saying it's information. If you, if you investigate your neighbor, uh, you know, and you're an FBI agent, you think your neighbor's involved in a bank robbery and he isn't, you're going to go out and get his social media history, his emails, phone records, muds and luds. Remember the old days? This is what we did. At what point does Bob Mueller, after he's hired, sit down with Peter Stroke and these FBI investigators who have been disingenuously investigating Trump for months on a hoax? At what point does he say to them, this is Nunes saying this, give me what you got. Give me what you got. Give me what you got. You remember uh, Heat? Remember that movie Heat with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro before he went crazy? It was, but before De Niro lost his mind. And Pacino, he walks into the club to talk to that source he's got, and he's, give me what you got! Give me what you got! Give me what you got! Give me what you got, Pete. At some point, the FBI investigators sit down with Bobby M. and his team, Weissman, discredited hack attorney, and clearly they lay out what they have, which is what? Nothing! Nothing! How do we know it's nothing? Don't take my word for it, Dan Bongino's word. Take Peter Stroke's own texts to his girlfriend, FBI lawyer, Lisa Page, where he literally texts her, I would do this, but there's no there there. His words, not mine. So I'm sure some entrepreneurial member of Congress has taken notes on all this stuff and is going to say to Bobby M. Bob A., so at what point do you sit down with Peter Stroke, who's texting his girlfriend about how there's no there there, and get the information he has, which indicates that there's no there there, and you're investigating a hoax? At what point did you do that, Bob? Uh, uh, Oh, you don't have a good answer, Bob? Why is that? Oh, you don't like that text about no there there? Maybe let's go to Lisa Page and her on-the-record testimony on Capitol Hill. When she's asked about the, the, the progress of this case by the time Bob Mueller's hired, and she says, you know, by the time Mueller was hired, and I quote, it still could have been literally nothing. Meaning the case. At what point, Bob, did you sit down with your discredited partner in crime there, Andrew Weissman, at what point do you sit down with Peter Stroke and them and say, hey, you guys have been investigating for six months. If there's no there there, what are we doing? Where's the file? Give me what you got. And they had nothing. At what point did you realize it was a hoax? That's question what, three? Oh, I got more for Bob. Where, this is a, let me take a call. Let me go to Moses in North Bergen, New Jersey. Moses, good to hear from you, buddy. What do you got for us? Yes, sir. Dan, it is great to talk to you, my brother. I love what oh, you do, and I want you to keep you. on doing it every Thank single you. day, my man. Thank now, you. This isn't I, a hoax, right? You're not now going to turn around and go, and I really hate you. It was the only way to get on the air. This is a real call, right? 
Not at all. Not at all. Nice. I am a former Marine, and I'm a former Homeland God Security you, employee brother. myself. So now here's God the thing. Bless you, man. I look at this. I look at this from a military aspect because right. all I know is that Devin Nunes warned about the Russian activities back in 2014 and 2015. And what I want to know is that the Democratic talking point, and especially the Democratic candidates running for president, they all keep saying the same exact talking point that our country was attacked and our democracy was attacked. So now what I want to know is if this is the case, our democracy was attacked, where the hell was our defense? How is nobody asking Joe Biden, why yes. were you asleep at the wheel? Yes. Why were you asleep at the wheel Bingo. when this attack happened? And now I want to know the same way that a Marine who's sleeping on post allows an attack to happen, who is supposed to be held accountable right now for dereliction of duty? That's yes. I, I love this guy. Mr. Call Screener, greatest call ever. Yes, Moses, you just nailed it. You ca- I've been saying this for, I'm not trying to take credit for your call. Your call is fantastic. But I have been hitting on this forever. You can't have it both ways. Either the Russians were a grave threat, despite Barack Obama saying, hey, Mitt, the 1980s called them, what their foreign policy back. Either Russia was a grave threat, and Obama and Biden, as you accurately pointed out, completely dropped the ball. Or they weren't, and this is a total hoax. There is no option C. There's no option C. Now, Moses, you're a smart guy, and God bless you for your service to this country, man. I mean that, brother. Two times in the Marines and in, uh, working in law enforcement. God bless you, man. But these are common sense questions, and this is the mistake you're making. You're looking at this as a rational human being, and that is not what we have in the media. You know, not the throw Mark's book out there again. Mark's whole book is about this. How the media is not about the facts. They're about gaslighting and about pitching narratives and stories. The media narrative is Trump sucks and we have to hammer Trump no matter what. So we will flip back and forth between these stories. Russia's a threat. Russia's not a threat. Russia's a threat. Russia's not a threat. However we can do it to paint Trump in a corner. They're not interested in the truth. But man... Moses, thank you for the call, brother. You just nailed it. Greatest call ever. He's right. You cannot have it any other way. Either Russia was an enormous threat to this country and Biden and Obama dropped the ball or they did not. Thanks for the call, Moses. That was really awesome. There it is, folks. Is Biden going to be asked about this on the debate stage? Is someone going to ask him? Is someone going to say to him, hey, 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 Joe, Floppy Joe, that's what I call him. I know they call him Sleepy Joe, Creepy Joe, Sloppy Joe, whatever. I call him Floppy Joe because he flip, flop, flip, flop, flip, flops on everything. Are they going to ask Floppy Joe that? Hey, Joe, was, was Russia a huge threat to our democracy? Yes, they were. Why didn't you do anything about it? <laughs> Folks, you know they tried this before, right? You know they tried this before. When my, we'll come back on and talk about this later with Mark when my, closer to my book release date. But you know this whole Russia thing is not new, right? I, some of you have seen the viral video I did where I talked about this and millions of views on it. Where This is not new. The Democrats tried this against McCain and others. None of this is new. Trump is just the first one to give him the double-barreled middle finger and fight back. None of this is new. We'll talk about that in another day. But... I promise you the evidence is all over the place that they've tried this before. So again, question for Mueller. When did a Devin Nunes said appropriately, when did you sit down with the people investigating Trump and get what they had? 
which was nothing according to their own words. It was a bunch of useless information pointing to Trump's innocence and his team's innocence, not their guilt. When did you do that? All right, I'm losing track of my questions. That may have been number four, whatever. Number five. How come in your op-ed piece known as the Mueller Report, ladies and gentlemen, the Mueller Report is not a serious document, okay? If, if, you, if you believe that, I'm sorry. I, you know, I have a bridge over here in Stewart. I'll sell for you super cheap down here in Florida where I live. I'm sorry you believe that, that you think this is some kind of a serious document. I've read the Mueller Report. I've written two books on this case. I understand the facts and circumstances. I've had great sources in this case. You go back and listen to my shows from uh, a year and a half ago. You would think they were recorded yesterday. We nailed this thing from day one. The Mueller report is not a serious document. It's a 400-page opinion piece written by Andy Weissman and Mueller's team to make the president look bad. What do I mean by that? And how does this lead to another question for Mueller? Mueller includes in his document a series of stories, narratives, data points that, granted, reflect poorly on the Trump team. But they reflect poorly on the Trump team because the context of what happened is left out and key points are left out to make it appear that what happened in there was obstruction of justice or collusion when it wasn't. What do I mean by that? I know that was a little bit complicated. First, on the obstruction thing, he leaves out obstruction charges, pure, utter nonsense. Trump's been exonerated. I know that drives the liberals crazy. He's been completely exonerated. The case would be embarrassing in court. Okay, There are some key points about this that he leaves out of the document. Number one, he leaves out the extensive testimony by FBI officials, McCabe and others. About obstruction of justice, you say, wait, 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 wait. let me get this straight. He wrote part two of the Mueller op-ed known as the Mueller report. He wrote part two about obstruction and left out on the record testimony of FBI officials actually about obstruction. Yes, yes, he did. He left the details out. He left them out. He doesn't go into detail about Andrew McCabe. FBI deputy director and acting director at one point testifying under oath to Senator Marco Rubio. You can see it yourself on YouTube testifying under oath that there was, quote, no effort to obstruct the investigation. Wow, that would be kind of key to put in a Mueller op-ed, would it not? If you're writing an op-ed piece about obstruction to actually put in there. That the deputy director indicated there was no effort to obstruct his investigation? Mueller leaves the circumstances and the details of that very opaque because he's writing an op-ed. I got more. I'm going to talk about more of this on the other side of the break. Give me, uh, give me a call, 877-381-3811. Liberals, welcome to call in, too. 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino. In for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. 
Just one scoop of Filter Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin Show, Dan Bongino in for Mark. Always enjoy being here with you all. It's been a long, long time, so it is good to be back. Hey, before the break, we were talking about Mueller. Questions for Bob Mueller and this July 17th where, uh, hearing where he's supposed to appear. And I'm a little miffed, you can probably tell, because we had a liberal who dared to call in, 877-381-3811. And he hung up. It was your moment to shine, buddy. It was your moment in the sun, and you blew it. You dropped the ball. Probably called in, realized, you know what? I uh, had the beer muscles, and then hung up right before we got in. But we have an open line. Not many. 877-381-3811. I'll get to your calls regardless, liberal, conservative, whatever. But I would like to hear from someone on the other side of the aisle who will dare question the facts in this case, because the facts don't lie. Liberals do. All right. So before the the break, I was talking about how Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, has already testified under oath to Senator Marco Rubio. Look it up yourself, libs. Uh, I know that's tough for you, facts and date and stuff. I know you've been immunized to that kind of stuff. But he has already testified in the case that there was, quote, no effort to obstruct his investigation, showing you again that the Bob Mueller opinion piece known as the Mueller report is a disgraceful sham because Mueller conveniently leaves a lot of this information out of his analysis on his fake obstruction charge for a crime that never happened. But there's an even worse angle to this. Not only did the FBI deputy and an acting director running the case testify under oath there was no effort to obstruct this investigation, Trump actually asked Jim Comey when he was the FBI director, asked him himself not from my notes, it's not Dan Bongino's notes, from Comey's own notes. Trump asked him to investigate any one of his, quote, satellites that may have been involved with any kind of collusion with the Russians, saying, quote, it would be good to know that. Ladies and gentlemen, how in your right mind, if you are a sane, thinking human being, which isn't a lot of liberals, unfortunately, how in your right mind is the deputy director saying under oath there's no effort to obstruct and the president of the United States asking the director of the FBI to personally investigate his team if he thought there were any of his, quote, satellites involved in this? How is that obstruction? I, I, how, do you realize what, like this is a TDS level six infection, level six the highest level of Trump derangement syndrome for you to believe this kind of stupidity. It is clear as day this obstruction thing is an even bigger hoax than the collusion hoax. And thankfully, Trump has been fully exonerated. I love it. That drives them crazy. Fully exonerated. Isn't that great? Like, no, but Mueller could have charged him. But he didn't. But he didn't charge him. 
Why? Because he had nothing, and Mueller knew it. He wouldn't dare, Bob Mueller, dare drag this case into court. Because Bob Mueller and his team of legal hacks would have been humiliated in court on this nonsense obstruction charge. I've got even more. I'm not done yet. More questions for Bob Mueller and his team of liberal witch hunters. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. Uh, 877, excuse me, 381-3811. Call in if you want to join the show. See you. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Love that. All right, welcome back. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. Folks, by the way, there is a new Levin TV tonight, so be sure to check that out. And do not miss Mark's. I have it on DVR because sometimes on Sunday nights I'm not home and I watch it right away. But do not miss Life, Liberty, and Levin, 10 p.m. Sunday nights on the Fox News channel. Uh, Mark, uh, who does Mark have this week? What's his name, Rich? Forrest? Hold on. I'm going to pull up your email. Doing this on the Rich emailed me earlier because I'm looking forward to this, too. Oh, Forrest Lucas. And they're going to talk about socialism versus capitalism. My favorite topic ever in the history of topics. Don't miss that. Life, Liberty, and Levin. 10 p.m. Fox News Channel on Sunday. Um, you know, I'm, so before we were talking about Mueller and these questions about this ridiculous Mueller report, how he's going to testify on July 17th and how the whole thing is a scam. His report is a joke. It's a 400-page op-ed opinion piece designed to give the Democrats material to move forward with an impeachment trial against Donald Trump. That was the whole purpose. Mueller didn't run a legitimate investigation. So I'm giving you a bunch of questions that hopefully people will ask, will be put out there to their congressional representatives to to get asked of Bob Mueller when he's up there on July 17th, brought up a couple of things. The Weissman, how Steele was dealing with Russians, why that Russian collusion wasn't investigated, why no one's addressed the fact that Andy McCabe said under oath that there was no effort to obstruct. Why Jim Comey's memos indicate that Donald Trump personally asked for his team to be investigated if there was any Russian collusion. Doesn't sound like an obstruction charge to me. But here's another ringer for you, folks. Jim Baker, FBI lawyer. I could go on all day about that. I've forgotten more about this case than I think Bob Mueller even knows. It's embarrassing how awful their opinion piece was. How can you say that, Dan? Because this stuff's not in his report. Jim Baker, FBI lawyer. Personal friend to Jim Comey. He is asked under oath during his testimony. Was Donald Trump told he was personally under investigation? This is important. Don't forget this one. And Baker says something amazing. He says, no, not only was he not told that, that he was under investigation. As a matter of fact, he was told the opposite, that he wasn't under investigation. Folks, liberals, try for a second to let these facts penetrate your six inch thick skulls. This is important. So now we know the deputy director of the FBI has said under oath that there was no effort to obstruct his investigation. Oh, you didn't read that in the Mueller report? You missed that because it's not in there. We not only did Trump ask Jim Comey to investigate his, quote, satellites, anybody who may have been involved in this, but we now know that Trump was told he wasn't under investigation. 
How can you invest obstruct an investigation that you don't even think you're the subject of? What, he was obstructing investigations into others? That might, liberals go, well, Dan, it's obvious. He was obstructing someone else's investigation. What do you mean? The investigation he asked Jim Comey to investigate. You mean that one? The one I just told you about. Wow, you're really getting confused now, Libs, right? Your heads are spinning right now. It's the, 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 uh, the flaming Elmo of, of fire Giphy on Twitter. You really don't know where to go now. So not only does Donald Trump ask Jim Comey to investigate anybody on his team who may have been up to something nefarious, Trump is told he's not personally under investigation, and you still think he was obstructing an investigation into someone else while simultaneously asking that someone else to be investigated. That probably makes sense to liberals if you're an imbecile. Liberalism is the religion of the stupid. It requires you to take facts and put them on the shelves and worship the golden calf of stupidity. Is Bob Mueller going to be asked that question? Hey, Bob, you know Jim Baker, FBI lawyers, testified under oath that Donald Trump was told he wasn't under investigation. How did he obstruct that investigation if he was told he wasn't under investigation? Can you, can you walk us through that, Bob? And to take as much time as you need, Bob. Maybe your buddy Andy Weissman can tell us about that. Oh, I've got more. I'm not done. Let me take a call, though. Uh, 877-381-3811 if you want to join it. Let's go to Taylor in Athens, Alabama. Taylor, you're on with Dan Bongino. What do you got for us? Three quick questions. Number one, how come we haven't heard a single testimony about from Andrew Weissman? Number two, why is Robert Mueller so hesitant to testify? Is it because he probably doesn't even know what's in his own report? Did he actually do the report himself? And number three... If the Democrats wanted Robert Mueller to stay for the entire investigation, why did they not believe him that there was no evidence of collusion, which Robert Mueller actually said under oath before the committees? Okay, let me address those. Those are good questions. Let's go one by one. So your first is, why isn't Weissman up there testifying? Taylor, bingo. Excellent question. Andrew Weissman was the lieutenant in this case. Andrew Weissman is thought to be the uh, genesis of these ridiculous legal theories they use to fabricate this bogus obstruction charge. Why is he not up there? I don't have a good answer to that. He should be up there. You're right. He did an awful job, Andrew Weissman. He embarrassed himself in the legal profession. Uh, what was question number two? You asked about the, re- the report. What was in the report? Was Mueller not familiar with what's in the report? Well, why is Robert Mueller actually hesitant to testify? It sounds like he's pretty hesitant. Yeah, no, but you answered your own question. You said at one point, you said, I don't think he's uh, familiar with what's what's in his own report. Taylor? You nailed it. I think you you answered your own question. I'm not sure Mueller is is the... uh, What's the best way to say this? Is the monarch of this thing. He come, His name is on it. He comes off like the king, like he was running this thing. I think Weissman dominated this investigation from the start. It should be called the Weissman Report. I think you're right. I don't think Mueller is intimately familiar with the details of the case and is afraid to be embarrassed. I think that is the reason. And for, you brought up one final question. What was the last one? It was a good one. I'm sorry. I was trying to write them down, but you were. I was listening to you. Question number three. Question number three was the Democrats wanted Donald Trump to keep Robert Mueller on there. He was Robert Mueller was their guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, they they are. And then he comes out and says under oath in front of the committees, no evidence of collusion. Even Joe DeGeneva made this point on WMAL. Why is it that the Democrats are still saying Russian collusion when Robert Mueller himself said there's none? 
Well, because they're crazy. I mean, it's the only, they really they're so infected with this anti-Trump animus. They don't have anything else. Like they have to hang their hat on something. For the last two years, they've been promoting a conspiracy theory that Trump colluded with the Russians. They don't have anything else. There's nowhere else to go. Trump has been fully exonerated on all counts. They will not prosecute him on any charges because there's no evidence there. Um, so why? Because they don't. They just don't have anything else. They've tried everything. Taylor, thanks for the call. Those are great questions. I appreciate it. But I want to bring up one other thing, just kind of uh, piggybacking off Taylor's call there. They've tried everything. The Democrats have tried promoting collusion. It fell apart. They tried to promote obstruction. That fell apart, exonerated on both counts. So now they're trying to promote through Bob Mueller after his ridiculous press conference. This theory... That the only reason the president wasn't prosecuted for obstruction is, as Bob Mueller said in his absurd press conference, well, it's because the OLC, Office of Legal Counsel Guidelines, prevented Bob Mueller from issuing an indictment against the president. Eh, Wrong again, Bob. Bob Mueller told multiple witnesses in the Department of Justice who stated on the record they had to issue a clarification later that the OLC guidelines were not the reason he did not attempt to indict Donald Trump. The reason they didn't indict Donald Trump is because he was exonerated. There was no case for obstruction. That's why. Mueller must have forgotten, as Taylor pointed out when he in question two there, does Mueller even know what's in his own report? Mueller must have forgotten himself that he told Barr, that he told Bill Barr, the attorney general, and multiple witnesses that the OLC guidelines had nothing to do with it. I heard Juan Williams on Fox today repeat this talking point again. It is categorically false. They issued a correcting statement later. That is not the reason. Bob Mueller did not try to prosecute Trump on obstruction because there was no case. He was exonerated. That's why. Rosenstein, Barr looked at it. There was no case. The case is a joke. It was a hoax. And that's why. Now, more questions for Bob. Here's a doozy. So we found out due to the excellent reporting of John Solomon at the Hill a couple of weeks ago. And I covered this extensively, by the way. That one of Manafort, Manafort's one of Mueller's targets. Mueller can't stand Manafort. That team went after Manafort. Listen, I'm not apologizing for Manafort's behavior. I don't know Paul Manafort. I never met him. But there's no question in my mind, there shouldn't be any in yours either, that Manafort would not be in jail right now if it weren't for his political beliefs. He attached to the Trump team. That became a reason. That in and of itself is a disgrace and an embarrassment to our democracy. No question about that. Manafort would not be in jail if it weren't for the fact that he was allied to Donald Trump. Now, one of the more interesting notes of Mueller's uh, witch hunt into Manafort and others is he goes after Manafort repeatedly in the Mueller op-ed known as the Mueller Report for his, con- uh, his contacts Excuse me, with a guy by the name of Konstantin Kalimnik. He constantly impugns the the character and makes references to Manafort and his alleged collusion with Kalimnik because Kalimnik is alleged to have ties to Russian intelligence. Now, you may be listening going, "Well, well, Dan, what's the problem? If Manafort's contacting this guy Kalimnik who has contact with Russians, then, you know, Mueller's investigating Russian collusion. Then why are you claiming you have an issue with that? I don't. What I have an issue with, and the next question for Bob Mueller, I don't know if this is question six or seven or whatever we're up to now, is why didn't you note in your Mueller report that Konstantin Kalimnik served as a source for, who did he serve as a source for? Oh, the State Department under Barack Obama. Yes. Yes. 
So let me get this straight, Bob. Konstantin Kalimnik's contacts with Paul Manafort are grounds for your impugning the man, writing him up in a report as if he's a Russian colluder, but you leave out the fact that this same guy, Konstantin Kalimnik, who you're alleging is some Russian colluder, was also a source of information repeatedly for Barack Obama's State Department. None of that collusion mattered, did it, Bob? Is anyone going to ask him that question? I would. All right, I'll take some more of your calls on the other side of this break. 877-381-3811. I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Show Dan Bongino filling in for Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, have you failed to pick up Mark's book yet on freedom of the press? It's been number one on the New York Times list, seemingly in perpetuity because it is an amazing book. Go pick this up. It is a stunning indictment of the media malfeasance we've been subjected to in this country for decades. The title of the book is Unfreedom of the Press by Mark R. Levin. I didn't know his middle name was began with an R. Mark R. Levin, Unfreedom of the Press, Chapter 6, my personal favorite about the New York Slimes. This is a must-read book for the front lines of freedom. If you want to know what the media has been up to, listen, we will defend their rights to a free press. But if you want to know what they did with that defense of freedom we provided for them, read this book, Unfreedom of the Press. This is... That's my copy right there. I was privy to an advanced copy. Am I allowed to say that? I, so I got to read it early. I guess so, because I just did. And no one uh, like zoomed me out of that. On Freedom of the Press, go check it out. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookstores everywhere. One of the best books I've read this year, and that's the reason. It's still going to be number one in the New York Times. Excellent work by Mark Levin. Okay. Getting back to my questions for Bob Mueller. There are a bunch of anomalies in this entire Russia hoax, which is a big scam. It is the biggest scam in political history. Thankfully, the president has been exonerated, making fools out of liberals everywhere. Conspiracy theory hoaxers. I mean, how do you watch MSNBC anymore? How? Mr. Producer, how do you turn on CNN or MSNBC and watch it with a straight face? I mean, think about it, right? You're in this business a long time. Me, not so long, but long enough. If on my show... Every single day, I came out with a conspiracy theory that the world was going to end on December 4th, 2018. There was going to be an alien invasion. I was sure of it. I had government documents laying out the invasion. It was going to be like Battlefield, Los Angeles. I knew where every alien was going to go. I have the documents. I have a source. This is ironclad. I am staking my credibility on it, right? If I were to do this on my show and December 4th, 2018 passes, and there is no alien invasion. How do you, with a straight face, if you're a person with even a, a, a modicum of dignity, tune into that show again? Triggered libs love it. Mr. Producer's right. They love getting triggered. That is their thing. They bathe in being triggered. They bathe in this anti-Trump animosity. And even though, Mr. Producer, they know. They know they've been lied to because the alien invasion never happened. Essentially, the Russian collusion they all told us was real was the biggest hoax in American history with not a shred of evidence that it happened. They still watch the show because you're right. Mr. Producer is correct. 
They love to tune in, even though they're lied to, because they love to hear, going back to the first hour of the show, you like it, we tie this all together? Because they think conservatives are bad people with ideas. We think liberals are people with bad ideas. So they tune in, even though they know Rachel Maddow, the CNN crew, has lied to them. Uh, George Costanza at CNN. They know uh, unreliable sources host Brian Stelter, otherwise known, a.k.a. George Costanza. He did a great job in Seinfeld. He's amazing. They have been telling you this forever, that this collusion was real. And when it was determined they were promoting the biggest hoax in American history, libs don't care. They just Now, Maddow's ratings have taken a severe hit, but she still amazingly gets viewers who watch this total, complete clown show. It's a clown show. On shows like Unreliable, so well, nobody actually watches that. That audience has tens of people, uh, tens of people stuck in an airport on a. And what is that even on on the weekend or something? Hey, Rich, you remember when Costanza? Do you remember when he said uh, Mark Levin was a conspiracy theorist for saying there was a FISA warrant on Trump? Remember when Costanza pulled that one? That was great. That was epic. That was one of the finest moments in television. Watching Costanza on CNN humiliate himself by saying that. No apology ever. Mark Levin is a conspiracy theorist for saying there's a FISA. Nope, no apology. Costanza's proud of himself. And you're right. All these dopes will tune into his show, the tens of people in his audience. I swear, I think my YouTube gets a bigger audience than Costanza's show on CNN. He's that, it's that bad. Oh, my gosh. It's, I, why do you watch these people? They have lied to you forever. They are making this whole thing up. They have made it up from the start. All right, on the other side of this break, I've got a bunch of questions still for Bob Mueller. I'll kind of tease this one a bit because this is an important one. There is a critical meeting that happens right before the first FISA warrant that Costanza said didn't happen and Mark called accurately. About a month before that first FISA warrant is signed, there's a critical meeting at the State Department with Christopher Steele where he destroys and decimates his own credibility. And it turns out people at the FBI knew about it. Don't go anywhere. Because remember, this is their source they used to spy on the Trump team. They knew this guy was not credible, and they ran with it anyway. All right, I'm Dan Bongino. Went for Mark Levin. Give us a call, 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. It's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. All right, welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. Dan Bongino in for the great one. Big surprise. Big surprise. No, not for me, for Mark. It's Mark's show, not mine. Mark Levin next week will be broadcasting from... Israel, that should be solid. Looking forward to that. Don't miss the shows. Mark Levin from Israel next week. Mr. Producer's been doing a great job setting that up. Nice job. Hat tip, Mr. Producer, and the staff over there. You guys are all great. And thanks for having me tonight. It's been a while. I'm always happy to be back. I haven't spoke to Mark's terrific audience in the longest time. He has the most loyal audience ever, by the way. 
And really, I mean, the people who listen to Levin, I get whenever I'm out there at events, I, I go and do speeches sometimes. People really, really, really love Mark. And I've, it's been an honor to call him a friend for a while now. Rich as well. And the uh, Richie V over there, too. It's just a great team. OK, um, so before the break, I told you I had a really astonishing piece of information. You will not see anywhere in the mainstream media because they are knee deep, neck deep invested in the Russian collusion hoax conspiracy theory, even to this day. And I said, we got to ask Mueller a bunch of questions. I think this July 17 testimony Bob Mueller's prepared to give is going to be an explosive moment, not for the Democrats, but for the Republicans. I don't think Trump or any member of his team should run away from this. This is going to be a disaster for the Democrats because Bob Mueller won't have the answers to the questions I've been discussing throughout the hour. You can listen to Mark Levin, the podcast, the rewind, if you want to hear the other stuff I mentioned. Here's an interesting question for Mueller. So Mueller's source for this information and the FBI source and Hillary's source, which conveniently is all the same person, Christopher Steele, this now discredited former British intelligence agent who puts together what's known as the dossier to describe it in uh, elitist liberal terms. Right. He puts together this dossier. It's a discredited piece of garbage. Nothing in it is factual other than the fact that Carter Page has been to Moscow, which is not, in fact, a crime and is uh, entirely irrelevant towards telling this story. So he produces this document. Christopher Steele makes the mistake, though, of going to the State Department in the beginning of October. And he talks to a woman over there by the name of Kathleen Kavalek, who takes extensive notes on her briefing interview with Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele, again, who is the right now, as far as we can tell, the primary source of information for this entire spygate drama on the Trump team. Right. And Mueller's investigation, too. We know he was investigating parts of the dossier which to this day is entirely debunked and discredited. He tells Kathleen Kavalek about two, three weeks before the, the first FISA warrant is signed that Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, went to Prague to coordinate this whole collusion thing to make some cash payments. This is important. Follow me here because I'm going to tell you how Christopher Steele discredited himself. And if the FBI would have done basic homework, basic homework on this case, they weren't interested they would have found out right away that their source was a liar. So Steele tells Kavalek, and she takes a note on it, that Michael Cohen went to Prague to coordinate this whole thing, to make some payments to some Russians, and they were going to get information on the DNC and Hillary and all this other garbage. Well, what's the problem? The problem is, in a memo, only a few days later, that composes, uh, that, that's pieces of the dossier. The memo, the dossier is basically 17 or so memos. One of the memos written days after that meeting, Christopher Steele writes that his source told him that they're unsure where the meeting occurred. Well, how is that? Just 10 days earlier, you told Kathleen Kavalek you were sure that Cohen met this guy in Prague. Why? What happened? Think it through, folks. Think it through for a second. Kathleen Kavalek, during this meeting, is checking the travel histories in her State Department computer of the people Christopher Steele is telling her about. She's checking the travel histories of a couple Russians, he mentions. How do we know this? Because she's taking notes about her checking their travel histories. There's a portion of those notes that are blacked out. What do you think is in those notes? I am almost positive what's underneath those redactions are her checking Michael Cohen's notes. 
uh, checking Steele's notes about Cohen's travel and finding out that Cohen's never been to Prague. In other words, Christopher Steele is making it up. So what does he do? In a component of the dossier later, he submits another another memo that says, oh, they're kind of unsure about the location now. Folks, this guy was making it up. And when the information was checked by a State Department representative who's not even a criminal investigator, was checked at a basic level, it was found out that this guy was a fraud. Even worse, Steele tells Cavalek, the State Department official, before the FISA during the interview, that this entire thing is being coordinated out of the Russian consulate in Miami. What's the problem with that statement? Ladies and gentlemen, there is no Russian consulate in Miami, which Kavalek indicates in her notes. Their source was garbage. When did Bob Mueller find out that Christopher Steele, as a source, the FBI was paying, was full of, mm, you get the rest. Let me take a call, and I want to get to one final thing after the call. One other component, and Mueller leaves out of his piece. Maybe two. I have the questions that are conveniently left out of the Mueller opinion piece known as the Mueller report. Let's take Doug from Huntington, California. Doug, you're on with Dan Bongino. What do you got for us? Dan, love to talk to you. Hey, let me get right Thanks, to buddy. it. In the Mueller report, he claims that the intelligence on Papadopoulos came to them on May 6th. Yeah. But the it's Downer meeting... Yeah, it was on May tenth. Until May tenth. Yeah. How do you square that? Yeah, I, you know what? I met with George out in California not long ago. Me and my wife had uh, dinner with him and Simona, and I asked him about that. Uh, it is May tenth. That's confirmed. There's a just, folks. Just so you know, Doug has a pretty detailed knowledge of the case. Obviously, hang on here, Doug. Don't go anywhere. But here's the problem. In the Mueller report, there are clear errors. It says a meeting that George Papadopoulos had happened on May 6th. It did not, folks. It happened on May 10th. And one of the mysteries out there, which Doug called about is, well, why is that? And Doug, I don't have a good answer. Either either does um, either does George. The only thing I can think of is, is either it's some kind of a clerical mistake because it was so obviously there are some theories out there about what his motives may have been. But I'll be candid with you, Doug. I don't I don't believe them because it's such an obvious mistake you'd get caught on that you'd listen. Mueller's motives were not good. Either it was Weissman's. I'm not defending Mueller, but they're not dumb. I mean, they're not going to put that. They're not going to make such an obvious, glaring mistake on purpose. I think it was just a mistake. Uh, but it just shows the shoddy, incredibly terrible work they did for a team of supposedly elite investigators and lawyers. But I don't, I mean, what do you, what do you think? I don't know why. I have no good reason why they would have done that. May 6th was when he got that invitation to meet Downer from Erica Thompson. Yeah. Erica uh-huh. Thompson, she was, she was posing as uh, Downer's aide. But right. in fact, she was she was Australian intelligence. Yeah, George has some the- interesting theories on that too. But again, I Doug, I, it's a great question. I really, it's a fantastic call. That's why I took it first. Um, it is. It's another anomaly. I just don't have a good answer. So I appreciate the call, Doug. Excellent call. And again, another problem with the Mueller report. Hopefully, when he's up there on July seventeenth, we can get that that answer. Why? You know, how did, did you just screw that up? I mean, how do you get the date wrong of the one meeting that's supposed to be the centerpiece of your entire case? All right, let me take another call. People have been holding for a long time. Let me take Mike in Fairfield with California. Ringing it up today. Mike, uh, you're on with Dan Bongino. What do you got for us? 
Dan, thanks for taking my call, and thanks for your service to this country, brother. Oh, gosh, you paid for it, buddy. I appreciate it. But thank you very much. Nice of you to say that. Thanks a lot. Uh, You were talking about James Baker. Um, In the emails, it was uh, brought out that Baker was of the opinion that Hillary should have been indicted. Yes. Who Who overruled that? It had to have been Comey. Because remember, Department of Justice head Loretta Lynch at the time has already said by the time this is going that she is going to take the opinion of Comey, which, by the way, is not even appropriate for her to do. Prosecutorial decisions, Mike, are always made by government lawyers. They are not made by agents. I was one. I was a federal agent. You don't get to walk into the government attorneys. Uh, we call them AUSAs, Assistant United States Attorneys and United States Attorneys. We don't say to them, here's what you're going to prosecute and here's what you're not. You can make a recommendation. But Loretta Lynch forfeited her power already to do that and said, I'll just take the advice of Jim Comey, which says to me that who overrode Baker? It had to have been Jim Comey. I don't see any other way Comey gets out of that. Comey's in a world of trouble, by the way. But that has to have been it. But you're right. Baker did say that, that he was of the opinion. And I'm not I'm not so sure about that, by the way, that he was of the opinion that Hillary should, in fact, have been charged. And I think the evidence against her was absolutely overwhelming. And, you know, I can't get in Baker's head, but I just don't see that squaring with the truth. And let me just give you a quick reason why, Mike. Baker's really tight with Jim Comey, the FBI director. Very tight. Uh, Maybe he said to him at one point, hey, Hillary looks guilty and we should consider this. But I have a really hard time believing he really pushed the case with Comey. I think Comey would have heard him out. So uh, I appreciate the call, though, Mike. Another great question. Callers, Mr. Call Screener, nice, nice work. Very solid tonight. These are A-plus calls. Very, very well done. All right. Yeah, good job, man. I said I get to two more. Two more questions for Mueller. I'm going to try to squeeze them in. Maybe we'll try to get to another call, too. I'm going to pack the last 15 minutes of the show. Another thing Bob Mueller conveniently leaves out, which he should be questioned about, is he talks at length about this infamous Trump Tower meeting between these Russians and Don Jr. He goes on and on and on, and he re- he puts everything in there. I mean... It, innocuous, ridiculous details you don't need to hear to make it appear that Don Trump Jr. was guilty of some kind of collusion, despite the fact that Donald Trump Jr. has been open and honest about this meeting. He released the emails. He has testified up on Capitol, unlike Hillary, who deleted her 30,000 emails. But that's a story for another day. So to be clear, Mueller's opinion piece, known as the Mueller report, he talks about this Trump Tower meeting with these Russians, and it's always through the lens of, oh, look at how nefarious this is, meeting with these evil Russians, this Russian lawyer and this Russian-connected intelligence official. But Bob Mueller leaves out a key point again, which I'd love to have brought up at the hearing. Bobby, you want to answer why you left out the fact that the Russian lawyer that showed up to that meeting that you claim is so nefarious or try to impugn the character of Don Trump Jr., why that Russian lawyer was working for the company, working for Hillary Clinton to gather uh, gather up negative information on Trump. How about that, Bob? So let me get this straight. Meeting with this Russian lawyer and exchanging no information of value whatsoever is worthy of what, nine, ten pages in your Mueller op-ed? But the fact that that very same Russian lawyer you're you're saying is a really awful, horrible, mean person actually was working for the team hired by Hillary Clinton and met with him before after. That's not worthy of even a page, a sentence. How about a word? Anything, Bob? 
The answer is no, because Mueller's piece is garbage. It is a broken, horrible op-ed piece where all of the key facts and details, which are exculpatory towards Donald Trump and his team, are conveniently left out to make him look bad. And that's why I laugh when people like fake libertarian Justin Amash, Republican congressman from Michigan, says, you got to read the report. I did read the report. It's what's not in the report that's even worse. Maybe you should read the facts. All right, folks, I'm Dan Bongino, in for Mark Levin. We'll be right back on the other side. Mark Levin. <laughs> I was just on Twitter during the break. I'm Dan Bongino in for Mark Levin. And I was looking at Kaylee McEnany's uh, tweets. I follow her, our, our Trump campaign spokeswoman. Uh, you've seen Kaylee on Fox. And, uh, the, you know, the Democrat debate is happening just in a little while uh, tonight. The Democrat uh, contenders for the presidency. And uh, it looks like <laughs> it looks like there's more Trump support. It looks like a Trump rally. There's more Trump supporters outside of this debate than I think there are Democrats inside. I'm not even kidding. There's a whole bunch of people like fight socialism. It's great. Like really nice. Job. That's one thing about Trump, man. You know, you love him. You can't stand him, whatever. But gosh, Trump supporters are loyal. They will show up. Really funny. Go check that out. Worth your time. Check her out um, on Twitter. All right. Listen, one last point here I want to make about this Mueller testimony he's about to give on july 17th please listen to this whole show i have a bunch of questions i laid out it is a roadmap to dismantling the Mueller witch hunt he will not be able to answer the questions i propose because the answers will reflect very poorly on him and his investigation one final thing the reporting of john solomon over the hill is excellent it's worth your time if you don't follow him on twitter or on at the hill you're making a mistake he is fantastic and he knows his stuff Solomon reported a few weeks ago that there are a couple of documents the FBI used to buttress their case to go look out and spy on basically the Trump team. The dossier was one of them. But another document, another document they used was this alleged uh, uh, a ledger. Not a, It was an actual ledger, but the, the, the truth or, or falsity of it was always in dispute. This ledger showed a series of cash payments to Paul Manafort. Without going into details, because I'm short on time, too many of them. Bottom line is these were supposedly illicit cash, illicit cash payments, and these payments were documented. Documented on this uh, document on this ledger, and this ledger was being used to investigate Manafort, who was one of Mueller's primary targets. Okay, what's the problem? What's your beef with that? Well, someone should ask Bob. Hey, someone should ask Bob. Hey, Bob, when did you find out that the Ukrainians who gave us that ledger about these illicit cash payments to Manafort, when did they tell you that those that ledger was uh, was a fake document? That the document was it was not real, it was not genuine, it was not authentic. When did they tell you that? The document, just like the dossier, was another hoax, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, another hoax. One in a litany of hoaxes hoisted onto the backs of FBI agents by Hillary Clinton-connected officials working with Ukrainians and other Russians to hijack our justice system and get an investigation into Donald Trump going with shady evidence that was never authentic or verified. When is Mueller going to tell us about that? Hey, Rich, we have time for one quick question here. One caller. I want to take Bob. Let's make it quick. All right. Let's take Bob and Neptune. He's been holding Bob in Neptune, New Jersey. You're on with Dan Bongino. Bob, make it quick. I got about a minute for you, but what do you got? 
Yeah, Dan, since this whole investigation was uh, started because the Russians hacked the election, supposedly, why, I would like to know, I think the most important question for Mueller is, why did the FBI never, and why did Mueller never, examine the Democrats' computer service? Yes! Yeah. Mr. Call Screener, again, Platinum level work. Bob, thank you for your call. Another excellent question. Why did Jim Comey, when he was asked under oath, again, I've written two books on this. I have this library of stuff in my head. I have to get out. When he was asked under oath, what's the best way to analyze a server if you're going to say the DNC server was hacked? He said, well, we'd want the server in the original. Well, why didn't you get that one? Ah, they never looked at the DNC server, folks, ever despite saying it was the best practice to do so. Biggest scam ever. Suckers believe in this collusion hoax. Suckers. Don't be a sucker. This is a story told to idiots who sadly believe in this nonsense. So crazy, man. So completely ridiculous. Oh, there's the music. Is the show over already, Rich? Sheesh. My gosh. My radio muscles are a little atrophied a little bit. I do an hour on my show. Mark does three. God bless him. Folks, you want to find out more about me, go to Bongino.com and be sure to pick up Mark Levin's excellent, fantastic, wonderful new book, Unfreedom of the Press, the finest book on media bias you'll ever read. I'll see you soon. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.